operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Welcome back to the Comic Revolution Podcast. As always, I am Rock. By my side, the Humphrey Bogart to my Lauren McCall, Stephen. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? I am doing well. I'm doing better now that I got the Humphrey Bogart comparison. <laughs> I like it. I thought you would. Yeah, Lauren uh, Bacall is also a good call. I not like bad, it. huh? Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> as always, you can check us out over at CompBookRevolution.com. For the latest in news, reviews, commentary, and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, you can also check us out uh, at our Facebook page, Comic Book Revolution. You can also check out our Twitter feed at CB Revolution. You can check me out on Twitter at Rock2K's Revolution and Stephen Yu. And you can check me out at President Glover. There you go, my friend. Yes. Uh, and just to bring people up to date, what have uh, we got? Posted over at the website lately. Uh, I did a review for Justice League number 40. Yes, you did. Kevin did a review for X-Men Fantastic Four number one. Yep. Kevin did a little commentary or uh, um, piece about DC Comics Generation Zero. Mm-hmm. Upcoming big event. And Stephen, you hey, did I a, did something. Yeah, yeah. You did an article on how to make a the Green Hornet franchise work. Yep. As there are rumors of possibly rebooting it for the... Uh, cinema, mm-hmm. and I think uh, we also have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 102 review up there as well, and whoever knows what Kevin has planned. Yes. You never know, Steve. He likes to keep his cards close to his chest. He does. He's sneaky like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Steve. <laughs> I figured this podcast, there is a lot of news going on in the world of geekdom, and yep. I figured we would take some time and just kind of go through what's going on on the internet. There's some big things going on. I just want to touch on a on uh, several of them, and I figured to uh, start us off, Stephen, mm-hmm. that we would discuss the movie that just came out in the movie theaters, Birds of Prey, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Gotta say the whole title. Wow. <laughs> Whoever named that movie is the same person that names all the rides at uh, Disney World because all the rides nowadays are like, the, you know, the new Star Wars land just opened up? Yeah. Well, all the rides you've got, you know, it's, you know, You've got sm- Star Wars Smugglers Run at, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like 80 million, you know, name. It's, it's too much. It's too much. Right. Less is more. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Anyhow, Birds of Prey, we'll just call it Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. This movie, Stephen, you know, I wanted to try to find, you know, I used to, my go to for movie reviews, I know we've talked about this before, at least off the podcast. My go-to for movie was always Roger Ebert, and it wasn't because I was adamant that he was the singular best movie reviewer ever to walk the face of the sure. earth. I thought he was a good one. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought he was intelligent. He 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 delivered cogent, uh, thoughtful reviews. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying he was the best ever. Uh, the reason why I did is because his views lined up, his likes, his dislikes aligned with mine. And I think you need to find a movie reviewer who. The whole point is, do you want to spend your money seeing the movie? Yeah. Not, not you know, do you want to get into a critical debate over the <laughs> merits of a movie? It's it's just as 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 a consumer, do I want to waste my time and my money right. seeing this movie? That's yeah. that's really all it is. So I used to, he was my go-to. Of course, he's not around anymore. Yeah. And so I've kind of been, you know, 
at the mercy of who, who, who do I turn to, who do I turn to? Mm-hmm. And Stephen, it's getting harder now than it was back in the day mm-hmm. to find a movie reviewer, Stephen, who will just review the movie on its merits mm-hmm. and not its political and social statement or narrative or agenda. It's getting hard because most movie reviewers will praise a movie that sucks just because it aligns with their political and social narrative or agenda. And there are movie reviewers who will rip a movie to shreds, not because it sucks, but because it is contrary to their political, social narrative and beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, look no further than comic book resources and the hatchet job (laughs) that they took to the Joker. I mean, Stephen, it was like a month before the movie even came out, and they were saying how this movie was evil and terrible and blah, 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 blah. They hadn't even seen the movie, Right, so, and and not, and and for no reasons having to do with the movie itself. It's Mm -hmm. all, it was all because they thought this movie was going to run counter to their social and political beliefs and agenda. Right. Right. And you can find the reverse on other ways. This is, I'm not mm-hmm. singling them out. You, it, it, this is a problem that hits every side in multiple websites and multiple oh, me- sure. media outlets. Yeah. Okay. But it's making hard to find an honest to God movie reviewer who is just reviewing the movie for what it is. Yeah. It's difficult. So I, I had a hard time just finding somebody to review <laughs> that movie who's giving me just an honest, critical movie review. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyhow, uh, comic book resources, of course, Stephen. You know, it, it first hit the Rotten yeah. Tomatoes with a really high rating. I think mm-hmm. it was like a ninety percent when it first came out, yeah. uh, which is not uncommon if you know the first few reviews are from friendly outlets. Movies often will bounce up high and then they will trend down. Yeah. That's not uncommon. And anyhow, they have put they, it was all over the place. They had big article, big headline. They never followed it up with as it fell, 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 and it's now sitting at 82%, which is fine. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. But when you trumpet (laughs) something as like, oh my God, best rating ever, highest rated DC movie ever, blah, 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 and then it slumps down to 82, now you make an 82 score, which would normally be, hey, that's a nice score. Now you're making it look like, uh, you give fuel (laughs) to the critics of going, oh, it's only 82. Well, that's not 90. Yeah. You know. Anyhow, the movie, uh, Stephen, came out on uh, Thursday, yes, midnight, mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers had projected uh, their internal projections mm-hmm. for this movie was a, uh, a $45 million uh, figure. Right. Well, uh, the Saturday morning update that I have in my grubby little paw, Stephen, from Box Office Mojo. <laughs> uh, Box Office Mojo reports WB's Birds of Prey is flying much lower than expected, bringing in an estimated $13 million, including $4 million from previews on Friday, with an expectations for a debut around 32 to $33 million. Performance is far lower than all expectations, including WB's $45 million pre-week and figure. That's not good. Mm-mm. That's not good. This is not a cheap. These movies aren't cheap to make. No. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> these aren't little small indie movies. You you can. It's okay if you have a tiny budget, <laughs> you know. But you know, not only does the movie cost a lot to make, but WB has spent a ton of money promoting yeah, this movie it. and marketing this movie as well. I bet you the budget's probably. They probably spent fifty percent of what the actual budget for the movie was just on promotion and, and you know an, an additional yeah. number that equals fifty percent of the production budget right. just trying to promote it. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot. Yeah. And that's that's a pretty poor showing. 
that's I mean that's that's not good. I was concerned this was going to happen as it appeared that you know D- WB wanted to uh, wasn't looking to just make a superhero movie to appeal to the masses and make a truck ton of money. That's what Marvel does so well. I mean, we, we can we can criticize Marvel Studios for lots of things, Stephen. One thing they do well is they can make a movie mm-hmm. with mass appeal mm-hmm. that that will rake in a huge audience because they they water it down enough to the now it may they may throw the little they may do a little virtue signaling in there for some groups just to get you know a pat on the back from you know the press. Mm-hmm. Okay, but for the most part, they keep their movies pretty tame, Stephen. Yeah. For the most part. I would Pretty say so. tame. <laughs> you know, fairly inoffensive mm-hmm. and bland. It's Disney still at the end of the day. Okay. And they're yeah. looking to try to pull in pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. Birds of Prey, though, uh, again, I've not seen it, but from mm-hmm. everything I've read, it appears it is a movie that certainly has an agenda to it. Maybe not, you know, over, as much as some, you know, obvious political or social. <laughs> You know, independent movies, but clearly yeah. for a for a superhero blockbuster movie, it definitely had an agenda. I mean, you don't put Emancipation of a Woman in the title of the movie and not have some type of clear agenda with the movie, right? <laughs> so my concern was, well, gee, guys, it's a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Superhero movies do best when you do the shotgun approach and just make it as mass appeal as possible. Again, if this was WB rolling out an indie film. Mm-hmm. With a small budget, I would say, yeah, yeah, go all go all in on the niche social political statement because you don't have to appeal to a big audience. Your budget's tiny. Yeah. You can target hardcore left-wing feminist type <laughs> viewers. I don't know if superhero movies are their first thing to go see, but you could target that audience with a small budget indie movie. Mm-hmm. Big budget superhero blockbuster style movie. Maybe not. That was my concern, yeah. and it looks like the numbers are starting to bear that out. I don't. I don't think there's going to be a big bounce after this opening weekend. I don't think suddenly this movie's going to get a big surge. In fact, it may just drop even more. Yeah, it's the only thing that ha- it has going for it is that it doesn't have any competition until March. <laughs> that is true. So. <laughs> but that's what's even more shocking, Stephen. Yeah. It's such a terrible opening weekend mm-hmm. with zero competition <laughs> that's what makes this so shocking yeah. i mean they have no competition and it just kind of bleh, gagged up this opening weekend with nothing out there at least there are no, there are no built-in excuses of well look you know you got a big movie coming out this weekend next weekend whatever mm-hmm. whatever and you know the box office can only support so much yeah birds of prey has the whole month of february to itself steven i mean what is your take on this um, I honestly don't know. I think I think it being rated R is part of the problem. Is because a lot didn't of didn't Deadpool though. Didn't bother Deadpool. <laughs> uh, Deadpool's not marketed to not just girls but younger girls. Like right. Pe- little girls love Harley Quinn. Yes. Teenage girls love Harley Quinn. Yep. And they can't see her movie. Yep. Because it's rated R. Yep. Another thing that I think is the problem, and I said this from the beginning, is that. If they wanted to do a Harley Quinn team-up movie, they should have done Gotham City Sirens instead. Mm-hmm, yeah, and with Catwoman yeah, yeah. and Poison Ivy, they're much more marketable. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they may still they may still do that. I mean, they yep. have a Catwoman coming up. They just need a Poison Ivy, so right. they could make it work. Yes. 
Um, I don't know. I think that, well, I do think the rated R thing is, was a big deal. And also, um, I mean, to be honest, this one kind of snuck up on me. I was like, oh yeah, that's coming out sometime. And then I get to this week and I'm like, oh, that's Friday. I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, I think having so many coming out this year, Mm mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I didn't figure the first one was going to be the one to take the hit, but possibly. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, right. Black Widow and um, yeah. whatever, and there's another one. And the they thing, all, it all begins to blend Quinn together, one. Steve, and it all begins to blend together. So many superhero yeah. movies now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, yeah, it, I mean, what do you, look, <laughs> uh, Joker was rated R. Yeah, it was. Did a billion. Mm-hmm. Deadpool rated R. Yeah. Did a billion. Mm-hmm. Logan did good money. It didn't make a billion, but it did good But it did money. good money. Yeah. So I, yeah. either the rated R thing is a problem for this particular franchise or, yeah. you know, I don't know. As someone who hasn't seen it yet, yeah. I've heard that um, the rated R is more in, like, the language and some of the situations, not necessarily oh, okay, gotcha. the right. violence. Right, right, right. Which... I mean, let's be honest, people like to see rated R violence. So Oh yeah, definitely. If you don't have that, and we were like the ooh and the ah, ooh, yeah. the, ooh we got that guy got dead, yo. That's, <laughs> you know, a lot of some people are gonna be like, eh, well, what am I really going to see? And I don't know. I mean Harley Quinn's a popular character, but I I don't think it's like you know the seventeen and older crowd, right? That's the one that. Oh yeah, we love her. I think it's more right. like they are probably more like, oh Wonder Woman or oh yeah somebody else. You yeah, know. Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. <laughs> right. I mean, true. I but I agree. Yeah, I don't know. It's I am I am a little puzzled, but having not seen the movie, I can't right. say for sure right what the problem is. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. Yes, it is. All right, Stephen. <laughs> In the news, we've got a bunch from Disney. Not a surprise. Uh, but I wanted to start first, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Disney dropped a bunch of news on the upcoming Avengers Campus. Mm-hmm. Avengers Campus is the new land they're building in Disneyland, right. right? Can't do it in Disney World because they got that contract with Universal. <laughs> the Universal gets uh, right to all the Marvel characters, okay? Mm-hmm. There are a few exceptions, Guardians of the Galaxy being one of them that was in that contract. That's why you're going to see them in Epcot. Right. <laughs> um, and there's some debate of whether Doctor Strange and Black Panther can be carved out of that contract universal. But at anyhow, we do know the Avengers and X-Men, that's for sure right. part of that contract universal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The old contract that old Marvel uh, gave to, uh, to Universal. Mm-hmm. So it can only come to Disneyland. But Steven, oh <laughs> my God. I saw some of the footage and some of the news. So Disney California Adventure Vice President Patrick Finnegan did a report saying this thing is just going to blow people away. Mm -hmm. Phase one for Avengers Campus is going to include a Spider-Man attraction, Mm -hmm, a Doctor Strange show, like a stage show, and an Ant-Man and Wasp-themed restaurant, and a rooftop stunt show. Okay. okay, and then phase two is going to have a brand new e-ticket ride. People that don't know Disney World and resorts, e-ticket. Back in the day when Walt Disney first opened up Disneyland, you got a ticket book, and they had A tickets, B, C, D, and E, mm-hmm. right? And uh, A was for the most basic rides, E reserved for the 
big, big time, like Space Mountain, the headlining ride. Right. Okay. And so they still, they don't have ticket books anymore, but they still use that nomenclature. So mm-hmm. e-ticket being the top ride. Anyhow, Steven, what got me excited though, the upcoming Doctor Strange show, that was interesting. It's going to be just a, where he's going to use his powers in a, um, they're going to build like a sanctum sanctorum for us, and he's going to teach audience how to in- harness energy from other dimensions and bend laws of time and space and stuff like that. So I guess it's going to be a, a kind of a neat little stage show with some cool, you know, mm-hmm. tr- magic tricks and right. special effects and whatnot. Sounds mm-hmm. interesting. The Ant-Man and Wasp-themed restaurant, it's going to be called Pim's Test Kitchen. And everything is going to, you know, you're going to, you can be able to shrink food and increase food. <laughs> and you're going to have like giant size stuff in the restaurant, you know? So it, it perfect for kids, you know, the yeah. over the top kind of nature is the kind of thing that when I, if I was a little kid, I'd be like, wow, this is so cool. It's a French <laughs> fry the size of me, you know? Right. And then the e-ticket that'll be part of phase two, Stephen, that e-ticket ride that's supposed, they're saying it's supposed to be a, a Black Panther themed attraction where guests will board a Quinjet. An Avengers Quinjet for Wakanda, mm-hmm. and adventurous ensues. Right. Okay, <laughs> the part I wanted to talk about: there's a Spider-Man attraction. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man attraction. It, we're gonna. It's gonna be kind of. Uh, from what I understand, it's gonna be one similar to maybe the Toy Story Midway Mania that's at uh, Hollywood Studios and Disney World, where mm-hmm. you kind of you shoot stuff you know, 3D screens and whatever. <laughs> this is going to be web-slinging, obviously. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a fun ride. Right. But what accompanies that is the rooftop stunt show. Mm-hmm. Steven, about two years ago, Disney released some information, some footage of an animatronic mm-hmm. robot they had created that could do stunts, could do flips, could do somersaults, could do all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. And it was just, just a generic-looking machine, okay? Right. And I thought to myself, why would they need something like that? Who, 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 who does that? Tinkerbell doesn't do that. Peter Pan doesn't do that. I'm, th- yeah. I'm trying to roll. How are we going to use this? How are we going to use this? Yeah, Spider-Man does. Yeah. Spider-Man does. They released footage, Stephen, of this robot in a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> Stephen, holy shit. <laughs> it looks like... Dude, it looks like Spider-Man over your head. He's doing all he's doing all the Spider-Man mm-hmm. moves that you would expect from the movies. Wow. Everything, except it's real. It mm-hmm. looks it, it. This isn't smoke and mirrors. This isn't digital projection. <laughs> it's not you know CG. This is real. Yeah, it looks stunning. Hmm. Wow, I've only only come to Disney World because my ass is probably not traveling all the way to California. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But that really excited me. I don't yeah. know why that kind of technology is so cool. It is. Yeah, and when they decide to kill us, you know, at least I'll be in a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> It'll at least be friendly. Yeah. <laughs> right, Steven. Also from Disney, this is a big news. Mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel yeah. Miranda mm-hmm. announced that the hit music Hamilton, the hit mm-hmm. musical Hamilton, will be coming to the big screen in 2021, courtesy of Disney. Of course. It'll be the original Broadway cast, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be an adaptation. It's going to be a live recording of the musical at the Richard Rogers Theater in New York City. Mm-hmm. Wow, the rich just get richer, Stephen, because this, for people that don't go to the theater. Theaters. Rather than the cinema, the, the theater. The, the, the theater. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, 
uh, everyone, I'm like the only person in my family who isn't a theater nut. Right. Like everyone in my family is like, I, I have, I, I, I do not fit in with my family, Stephen. Everyone in my family is like super, super left wing, super artsy, super theater nerdy, super, that's everyone in my family. And then there's me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but Hamilton is, uh, that, that's big. It's going to do oh, huge. Yeah. This is going to do huge. And it doesn't surprise me because Lynn Manuel has a relationship with Disney. Mm-hmm. He did the music in Moana. He was in Mary Poppins. So mm-hmm. not a surprise that he hooked up with Disney on this. No. They also, Disney also reveals, Stephen, that they're going to team up with Bruno Mars mm-hmm. for a music theatrical film. Disney's just, they, they want it all. Mm-hmm. They want it all. And right now, Stephen, it's, it's like they are so big mm-hmm. and powerful that it seems like talent is just lining up ready to work with them. It's amazing. It well, really like, is amazing. They like the money. They do course. like the money. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that, that Bruno Mars is super talented, super popular. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that this will probably do fairly well, I would think. Yeah. Maybe. He has his fans who will probably go. Oh, of course. <laughs> I won't go see it, but I know others will. Yes. <laughs> uh, also... About uh, Disney's uh, franchises, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Pirates, did you see this? Pirates of the Caribbean. We talked about them rebooting it with a different actor, not Johnny Depp, right? Yes. Because of the whole Amber Heard. He's getting divorced with Amber Heard, and they mm-hmm. were, she made allegations about him abusing her. And then what happened over the week? Well, oh, no. There was an audio recording from a 2015 therapy session where Amber Heard admits to hitting Depp during an argument. Yep. Oh, no. Wait a minute, Stephen. Are you telling me that in a nasty divorce, <gasps> the spouses might say, say things that are not 100% true about the other spouse? What? I know. This is entirely new information, Stephen. <laughs> I mean, look, I've done divorce law. Uh, I did it for about five years. It sucks. Yeah. It's not fun. It's depressing. And what I learned doing divorce law for five years, representing, I represented men and women both because mm-hmm. I like the money. Uh, I like the color <laughs> green. That's all I care about. <laughs> you pay me, I represent you. Yeah. So it, it, I, I learned from one thing from doing divorce law in five years, Stephen. Everybody lies. Yeah. Everybody lies. You cannot trust. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that everyone's a liar. I'm just saying sure. that in, when you're dealing with a divorce, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with especially a high-profile divorce, one that involves a lot of money mm-hmm. and a lot of assets. I'm just telling you. know what, Stephen? Even divorces, small divorces that I had, there is anger. Mm-hmm. There is hurt. Yep. There is There are a lot of negative emotions and feelings, and people lie. Yeah. There's and, a reason they, they turn to lawyers. Right. And, and I was not good. <laughs> thought, you know, I, uh, you know, like the Cosby situation, I was like, okay. That sounds like a guy who's done a lot of things inappropriate because yeah. all these women are unrelated to each other. Mm-hmm. It happened in different places, different times, different scenarios. He, he was the only to using quaaludes in the past. Yeah, so yeah. That, that I was like, you know what? I'm sorry, that that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we've met the burden of proof, right? And, and the same thing it. with Weinstein. Oh, yeah. Again, it, it was a, it was a pattern of conduct with multiple different people and different mm-hmm. scenarios who weren't related. To it. Again, you could, but with a divorce action. In this particular one, Stephen, I was skeptical. Yeah. Only because I've represented people in divorce, and I was skeptical from the start about what, you know, mm-hmm. hey, not to minimize the, to- the you know, domestic abuse is a problem. Oh, sure. No doubt, but, but at a, it's, this is attached to a divorce. Yeah. Let's proceed with caution. And now there's obvious 
not just circumstantial evidence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is just outright, this is outright proof that, you know, she hit him mm-hmm. and admitted to it. Yep. So, Stephen, mm-hmm. did Disney, was Disney premature? They can't walk it back. They, they, take, they can't bring Depp back, I don't think. There's a petition online right now with this new evidence about her admitting to hitting Depp. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's new evidence now, and, and this petition is gaining steam. And on Twitter and social media, there are a lot of people. Depp is very popular. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who are like, screw you know, that mm-hmm. lady. She set up Depp. You know, he needs to get his job back. Yeah, and so he's there's a lot of there's a big push for it, mm-hmm. and I know Disney is frightened to death of social media <laughs> for some weird reason. It's it's yeah. just a megaphone to a small minority, but whatever. Disney's afraid of it. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of social media. What do you think? Does Disney do an about face, or does Disney go, Nah, man, we made our decision. We're moving on. Have they put anything to paper yet that we know of? Like not that we know of any documents. No, then no. he then he'll come back. That's what they did with James Gunn. Now we fair know. Fair point. Fair point. Now we know they only brought they only fired James Gunn was because they didn't want to look weak in front of the stockholders when they were buying Fox. So they wanted to <laughs> they wanted Very to true. put the clamp on any kind of potential controversy and then Very bring true. him back when it was all in the clear. Um, which is just such a ugh. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> That's doubt. That's a disgusting kind of thing. Absolutely. But um, so I feel I figure they would. I mean. I, f- I feel bad for Warner Brothers for taking the brunt of, why are you hiring him? You put him right. in your big movies. How could you do that? Right. Blah, 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 blah. And, I mean, if, for all we know, they might have just beat each other up. And well, are both terrible. And, yeah, I would submit, my, my opinion is, yeah. they both beat each other up. They were yeah. both jerks to each other. They were both horrible people to each other, and they mm-hmm. should not be married. Yes. <laughs> You know, so those things can be true, okay? I mean, <laughs> yeah, and we're and nobody's gonna blacklist them both, right? So right. I feel like he will he will be back. Okay, he might raise his asking price. Well, it's possible. Yeah. Hey, but hey, you know what? They have all the money in the world. They can right. pay it. They can pay it. Yeah. They can pay it. All right, I'm with you, Stephen. <laughs> would not surprise me if they brought him back either. Yeah, no way. What? No a- way they don't. <laughs> right now, they might still go with a younger angle, but he will definitely be in the movie. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, my friend. The other news from Disney, Mm -hmm. some casting rumors. Now, there's Mm -hmm. a Peter Pan movie coming up, a live-action Peter Pan movie coming up. Right. Uh, It's not going to be called Peter Pan, though. It's going to be called Peter Pan and Wendy. Who gives a crap about Wendy? Nobody does. Just call it Peter Pan. (laughs) Well, I feel like they would have called it Wendy, but there is actually a movie coming out that's like a a Mm. modern take. Yes. That is also called Wendy, so they probably can't do that. No. So... I had to settle for the for the team. Peter Pan title. and Wendy. Yeah. Peter Pan and Wendy. <laughs> so this movie, Steven, it's gonna be directed by David Lowry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he directed uh Disney's remake of Pete's Dragon. Mm-hmm. And which uh flopped. Yes. Now <laughs> it, it has not been said whether this is going to be a theatrical release or a Disney Plus release. That has not been oh, said yet. So right, right. situation's fluid. Mm-hmm. Rumor has it that Disney has offered Joaquin Phoenix the role of Captain Hook. Hmm. Which I think would be fantastic. I think Joaquin Phoenix's Captain Hook, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just boy, just let him do his thing in that role. I think he could steal the show. Yeah. Well, he's he's arguably the greatest living actor. Yeah. He works right now. Yeah. Now, did you hear who is rumored to be offered the role of Tinkerbell? 
Um, no. Margot Robbie. Of course. <laughs> You're like, yep, of course, naturally. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought... Was that Emma Stone? I was like, no, she's Corella Deville. Yeah, is Emma Stone. That's so, right. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. I like both casting. Yeah. I like both. I'd be I'd be thrilled with both uh, Robbie as Tinkerbell and uh, Phoenix as as Captain Hook. Yeah. I, that'd be... I, f- I figure his stipulation will be is like, so you're gonna kill me at the end, right? So I don't have to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a life to live. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, now over with. Disney's Marvel movie, Stephen. Did you see who is rumored to direct Doctor Strange number two? Mm-hmm. Sam yes, Ramy. What do you think about that? Um, uh, I'm surprised <laughs> to say the least. Right. Because, um, well, they let Scott Derrickson go. Mm-hmm. Argue probably. I, I mean, I don't know this, but I know this that. <laughs> He wanted to do things his way, and Kevin Feige said, no, it's my way, or the highway, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, so they got somebody who is also known for wanting to do things their way. Yeah. And is a is a pretty prolific producer, so yeah. he's got some, some buying power. Yep. I just, I mean, it's in talk, so of course it could change. Yep. I just, I don't know, unless, like, they are, like, in sync, which is possible. Mm-hmm. It's, I just don't think it's Marvel's MO to hire people who have any kind of cachet. I know. So, I mean, it would it would certainly be a... Uh, I would certainly be more excited about the movie if that was the case. I agree. Totally. I, just, I still cannot be confident that it's going to work out. I it, feel like it, it's from... Because, hey, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix was going to be Doctor Strange for the longest time. I, correct. And then You're right. he didn't. You're right, right, right. Yes. So, uh, it, it, boy, that would be a hell of a hire, though, wouldn't it? Would. it? Mm-hmm. Hell of a hire. Yep. And now that if I think if they do if they do hire him, Stephen, mm-hmm. the internet has been abuzz with all these weird theories. Oh. <laughs> that bringing him, that bringing Sam Raimi in would mean would open the door to returning Tobey Maguire as Spider Man. Think about it, because doc, this Doctor Strange movie is Doctor Strange in the, multiverse, in the mul- of madness, multiverse of madness, right? But there's no reason why Doctor Strange couldn't go to the universe where Spider Man is Tobey Maguire, right? Are are they gonna are they gonna use their are they gonna use their last movie with Sony for that though? I don't know. That's the question I have. I don't know. <laughs> it would, I, hey, yeah. I would I would dig it. But, right. You know. <laughs> Evidently, you know, no one is confirmed over at Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. No one's confirmed this, but there are rumors that in Doctor Strange two, because they're going through the multiverse, that various characters who have been killed off. Mm-hmm. In the MCU, might be brought back. Yeah, uh, for, you know, because from characters from alternate universes, right? That wouldn't surprise it's, me in the least bit. Uh, yeah, it's another stealth Avengers movie, right? So maybe game. Robert Downey Jr. No, not this soon. Not this soon. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, okay. I mean, unless they get like a robot that has his voice and he <laughs> just has to sit in a booth and do that, <laughs> I don't know. I think um, maybe Black Widow. Maybe. Okay. I can see her coming back. All right. Um, but yeah, I think he's, uh, I think he wants to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I really think until he does. they back up that giant, uh, d- d- you know, truck full of money to his house. Huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, even uh, I figured after Doolittle, which was not received well, I mean, yeah. it's, it, it held and has made a decent bit of money yeah. now. So maybe Surprisingly he more feels, than I thought. yeah, maybe he feels like, Oh, I don't have to do this. Right. 
Yeah, Disney Disney likes to trap people into they their do. into their web. So hopefully, <laughs> get out, Robert Downey Jr. I believe in you. Get out while you can, <laughs> Rod. All right. Also, some more rumors from Marvel Studios. Stephen, mm-hmm. there's a rumor. The villain mm-hmm. in Captain Marvel 2 might be an X-Men character. Hmm. This breaks my heart, Stephen. <laughs> this breaks my heart. It could, there's a rumor yeah. that it will be an X-Men character who will be the leader of a mutant terrorist group who will go up against Carol Danvers <clears throat> and her compatriots. <laughs> Rogue. Oh, it makes me so sad. Rogue I is... Thought, I is, thought they were supposed to put her in space again for the I, second I, one. You know... I don't know. This kills me. Rogue is one of my all-time favorite X-Men. Mm-hmm. I love Rogue. And mm-hmm. I don't care. It, it is not even open to debate. Rogue has a far superior pedigree, mm-hmm. far superior success, mm-hmm. far superior popularity in the world of comics than mm-hmm. Carol Danvers could ever <laughs> hope to have, Stephen. It's mm-hmm. not even close when you look at the history of the Jude characters. It's, yeah. it's not. In the world of comics, mm-hmm. Rogue's far more popular, far more successful. Mm-hmm. She's a fantastic character. She deserves far better than just being the stooge villain in Captain Marvel 2. She deserves so much more than that. Her character has evolved so much more than when she first showed up and was a member of the Brotherhood of Mutant, Evil Mutants. Right. Okay? She is is a phenomenal... Rogue is one of the few examples in the Marvel Universe where writers were able to pluck a relatively unknown minor villain, Mm -hmm. villain, and transform her into a phenomenal hero. Mm -hmm. And I think portraying her in this manner is a disservice to her character. Yeah. I just do. She deserves to be rolled out as an original Mm X-Men and in a new Marvel Studios X-Men movie. She does. Yeah, especially when there's so many minor alien villains related to the Fox properties they could use. Mm-hmm. Like they could use the Super Scroll or which I would rather him have his own his own thing. After what they look, did with Ronan for look, God's sake. I mean come on. The way I look at it is uh it is a the yes, Rogue and Carol Danvers are linked. See you say that, but even in the movie she doesn't even do that. It's just I am Carol Danvers. Right, I'm, I'm, very I'm, I'm thinking of the scene. comic character. <laughs> I'm thinking of the comic version of Carol. Because at least that one's more fun, just in a bad way. You know? Yes. Like, the movie is just like, yes. hey, it's like they might as well have just paid the cardboard cutout to be in Oh, there. no, the comic version <laughs> of Carol Danner is far more entertaining. Far more entertaining. Yeah. So, here's the thing. Yes. Such a shame. <laughs> Rogue and Captain Marvel are forever linked together. Mm-hmm. Right, Ro- Rogue and Carol Danvers, obviously they're linked together because of... Uh, well, that that's the rogue stealing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Carol's. Uh, you know, rogue pretty much wrecked her entire life, <laughs> and wrecking her life, and and causing her to turn into binary. Yeah. So there is a connection. I get it. But here's the deal: this is a one-sided rivalry. Mm-hmm. This is a one-way rivalry. I like to put this in terms of college football, Stephen, because mm-hmm. that's how my mind thinks. Of course, with rivalries. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to University of Miami. Yeah. The rival for University of Miami is Florida State. That is an iconic rival. That is a rivalry <laughs> that has been going on since the late 70s, early 80s. Right. Two teams that are always contending for a national championship. Mm-hmm. Two teams that have, oh, we got six. I don't know. Florida State's probably got two or three. Um, but <laughs> teams that are always 
historically at the tops. Right. That's a rivalry. They mm-hmm. hate each other. What's not the rivalry is Virginia Tech hates the University of Miami. They hate them. That, to Virginia Tech, their big rival is University of Miami. Right. University of Miami doesn't know who Virginia Tech is. <laughs> they don't know who Virginia Tech is. Who are you? Yeah. But Miami's important to Virginia Tech because it's the only big-name team they would play back when they were in the Big East, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way it is for Rogue and, Cap- and Carol Danvers. Rogue is Carol Danvers' big rival. Because that's all Carol Danvers has because her character doesn't have a big history or a great pedigree. Yeah. Or Rogue. Not a Rogue's gallery. Rogue yeah. is, has such an amazing pedigree with such an amazing history and so many amazing stories that Carol Danvers doesn't even factor in. Stephen, I don't think I'd even mention Carol if I was talking about Rogue's history. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. She's got so much that she's been through in the X-Men franchise throughout the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. I wouldn't even mention Carol Danvers. Yeah. She'd be a footnote. One-sided rivalry. Mm-hmm. So I, rogues deserve so much better than this. Yeah, she does. I um, I don't know why they would introduce her in in that way. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a flattering thing. No, it's not. And it's just, I'm I'm sorry. She's one of the she's one of the X Men. She needs to be introduced with the X Men. Now I don't care. <laughs> right. Personally, that's not. Those two characters are not the characters that I like or fall in love with. The fell in love with when I was reading the comic books. Right ones. now, Carol, of course, has had more damage done to her character over the past couple of years. <laughs> yes. So I don't really even recognize her anymore. But you know, it's. Um, I mean, they they can do whatever they want. I would prefer to just I don't know put. Um, what's isn't there like some like. Um, God, what is it? Uh, put like a. Um, put another scroll in there, some Creed <laughs> woman or Super something. Super scroll. I don't know, I'd rather I, I'd rather they not do to him what they did to Ronan the Accuser. <laughs> I mean, that was that was a disgrace. I yeah. like I I love Guardians the first one, but that was the one thing I was like, wow, what a waste. Yeah, pretty much. There's literally not another villain you could have used. I, I know mean, nobody nobody's ever heard of. Come on. <laughs> yes. But anyways. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> another rumor coming out of Marvel Studios, Steven. Your favorite Batman, your boy, Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. Gonna play the villain in Thor mm-hmm. Love and Thunder. What do you feel about your Batman, Steven? Your Batman. I don't know if I call him my Batman. <laughs> your boy, Christian Bale. <laughs> What do you feel? How does it make you feel that your Batman's going to be a villain in the upcoming Thor movie? I feel like he's trying to buy a new house or something. <laughs> so good on, good on him. You go get that money. He's not going to. He's he's going to die at the end, and that's going to be it. Are you excited gonna, about it or not? I'm not excited really about any of these going forward. So I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Maybe it'll be fun. It's kind of weird though. I, I think I don't know. If I was Warner Bros., I'd be like, bro, really? Mm-hmm. We get that. That's you can't have the guy who played Batman in three of the biggest Batman movies ever show up to be a stooge villain in a Thor movie. Like that's that's that looks bad. That's like uh, the U.S. having a president, uh, you know, leave the office and go live in Russia. That looks bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So, (laughs) um, the uh, Disney also released a whole bunch of rumors, Stephen. And, mm-hmm. and some confirmations about the Disney Plus shows coming out. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. They had the big uh, – Disney just had this week had their uh, quarterly um, right. shareholder report. Mm-hmm. I got my, all my information. It was <laughs> riveting reading, Stephen. Uh, Ron Howard confirmed that uh, Disney Plus is creating 
a Willow TV show and that Warwick Davis will appear in it. Of course. What do you think about that? Psyched. Did you like Willow? Did you ever see Willow? I saw Willow. Okay. Um, it was interesting. It was directed by Ron Howard originally, too. It was. And written by George Lucas and Bob mm-hmm. Dolman. Mm-hmm. It, was an, it was an interesting movie. <laughs> so you're not a Willow fan, I take it. You're I not clamoring I, for more Willow. Uh, not, I wouldn't say I'm a diehard for it. <laughs> okay. But, you know, uh, it would be interesting to see it come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I got, I got to watch it, Stephen. I, I, yeah. Curiosity factor. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, from concerning Lucasfilm, because mm-hmm. Willow, I guess technically is a Lucasfilm property. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a Lucasfilm property. It, so. <laughs> uh, also about Lucasfilm, Stephen, Indiana Jones, Kathleen Kennedy's confirmed. Yeah. She's ready to kill another franchise, Stephen. Yeah. She, she, Indiana Jones Five is a sequel and not a reboot. Uh, well, it wouldn't. It would be weird if it was. Indiana Jones 5, and it was a reboot. Right, that would be weird. And Harrison Ford will be involved. Of course. Steven, uh, my take on this is, (laughs) this makes me bummed. I now have to see Harrison Ford die in another movie. (laughs) Because that's what's going to happen. Because the guy's like 80 years old, Steven. Mm. I mean, he can't keep doing these movies. He looks old. I mean, he looks good for his age, don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. But I mean, the man's like 80 years old. I mean, let the man just... Retire all him. Just let him go. <laughs> right. It's so so. <laughs> well, he's going on his goodbye tour. Of yeah, all his I, old I, characters. But do, do you really? Do, do I really need to see Harrison Ford die again in another movie? Mm-hmm. You know, I just. I, I, Maybe I get they'll it. let him retire. Just not like he'll he'll hang up the hat and be not like, I'm not Indiana Jones anymore. Not he's gonna die. I don't think. I don't think. So. Hey, Spielberg's directing it, and he's her old boss, so <sighs> she'll do whatever he wants. Does this excite you? Um, Are you an Indiana Jones fan? Indiana oh, Jones I fan? love Indiana Jones. Okay, so yeah. would you rather them reboot it or uh, do this? <laughs> I'd rather them let it lie where it is. <laughs> okay, well, that's not an option, Stephen. But reboot or or sequel? What are you I, voting for? I would do a. I would if I was in charge and I had to make this happen. I would begrudgingly. Yes. I would set up a thing where you would have the older Indiana Jones, Mm -hmm. a mystery from the past has returned. Yes. And you do stuff back to whoever the new Indiana Jones is going to be. Yes. And and I don't do it like the whole movie. Right. Like where it's like the bookends is Harrison Ford. Right. But I kind of splice it throughout. And that way at the end he gets to, oh, I did my, you know, my my adventure or whatnot. Or he's got another book of stuff. Yes. And, oh, we should look at this stuff. And you've got your younger actor established right mm-hmm. there if, if i had to i would do that now of course harrison ford is incredibly difficult to replace mm-hmm. so it would be a very risky gamble but i think trying to force indiana jones back into the public mm-hmm. like this is mm-hmm. a gamble as well mm-hmm. because i my biggest concern is that it's not gonna make any a lot of money mm-hmm. because you're just throwing an old man right in, in there and yeah. having to fly around on a whip and yeah. expecting people to care right you know, personally, I would reboot it, sure, and not do the sequel. Mm-hmm. Reboot it, recast it. We try to find your whatever guy can be the next Harrison Ford, or whatever. <laughs> That's what I would do personally, and just try and just avoid, just let Harrison. Just he had his movies, mm-hmm. you know. Just, just I, again, I we said this before. I treat it like the James Bond franchise. Sure. Just reboot it and mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah. It's interesting, a lot of the delays concerning, uh, surrounding Indiana Jones number five, mm-hmm. 
Stephen, is because evidently, rumor had that there's a <laughs> reporter, an entertainment reporter named Jim Hill, who reports on Disney a lot. He's got a lot of good contacts mm-hmm. in the Disney organization. And he reported this week, Stephen, that one reason why Indiana Jones 5 has been pushback, 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 pushback is that it's very similar to the Jungle Book. I mean, the Jungle Book, Jesus. The, ju- <laughs> the oh my God. The, mm. Try that again. The Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Starring The Rock right. and Emily Blunt, right? Mm-hmm. And evidently, Jungle Cruise is doing very well in test showings. Mm-hmm. Extremely well. Well, kind of like the same kind of movie. Right. Except The Rock is super young compared to Harrison Ford. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and their concern is if the Jungle Cruise comes out, mm-hmm. does gangbusters like the initial screenings show, mm-hmm. and it comes out and does gangbusters, well, then you roll out Indiana Jones, 5, Indiana Jones 5, which is kind of the same movie, yeah. except starring a really old guy, and the movie viewers might be like, it will pass. Yeah. So evidently, that's one reason why they're trying to push it back. They don't know what. What do we do if the Jungle Cruise catches on as this huge hit in a new franchise? Then mm-hmm. what do you do with Indiana Jones? Because they are very similar. Yeah. So that's an interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That was an interesting take on the problem that they're having with Indiana Jones, among uh, plenty of other issues as well. My guess is sequel comes out, Harrison Ford dies, and he's replaced by a white female Indiana Jones. <clears throat> because Disney, if Disney does one thing, Stephen. Yeah. White women, they do them very well in franchises. You can bet on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, news mm-hmm. from Kathleen Kennedy after she finished making me sad about Nina Jones. She made the promise, Stephen, and I'm sure you will be able to sleep well at night now, that a female director will tackle a Star Wars movie. Okay. Was anybody worried about this? Yeah, well, some people were. People that wanted to get their... Uh... Their their SJW credits in for the day. I'm like, was this so. is this even a thing? <laughs> like, I get like being the first female Hollywood director. That's an achievement. Mm-hmm. First female blockbuster movie director. Maybe mm-hmm. that's 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 an achievement. Yeah. First female director to win an Emmy. Sure, that's an yeah. achievement, right? Mm-hmm. These are all achievements. Mm-hmm. First female director to have a movie cross the one billion dollar mark. That's an achievement. Yeah. First female director to direct a Star Wars movie. That that's like saying I'm the first female director to direct a police detective movie. <laughs> like I what, it, what? Is that even a thing? Well, people what? still think of Star Wars as the gold standard for franchises. So it's like, oh, the OG franchise uh, finally okay. leveled up and got got woke. I, yeah, I just don't. I just, I just, I didn't see it. I was like, does it? Yeah, anyone? Like, did anyone care? It's like some female what? directed Mandalorian episodes. Does that count? I, no, Stephen. Evidently not. Uh, <laughs> it only counts that's if it's a TV. movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I think Kennedy just needs to focus on keeping her job mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> um, oh, she'll get a check because they don't want anybody else to have her. I they don't want anybody to have anybody right. that they hire. Right. That is true. So. That is true. Um. They also came out about the Disney Plus, the uh, Iger, during the, uh, during the uh, quarterly reports, mm-hmm. dropped some information on Disney Plus, and right. they've got more subscribers than they had initially forecast. They got around 26 million or so. And um, then he realized, Disney realized, okay, our service is getting more subscribers than we initially thought. That's great. 
Oh, but the problem is you have to continually have new content mm-hmm. to keep these people from canceling, right? Yeah, and then just coming back. And coming back want. later. Yeah. Like, uh, Mandalorian doesn't come back until next October. Well, I'll cancel now. I'll see you mm-hmm. next October, yeah. right? You got to keep... That's why Netflix has so much content, mm-hmm. so much content. They buy so much. They buy so many European TV shows. They buy South American TV shows. There are a lot of great... It's a lot of great foreign TV, by the way, on oh, Netflix, yeah. Stephen. I love foreign TV. Yeah. It's so good. Me too. It is so good. Mm. Netflix has so much of it. Yep. But it helped build... <laughs> it, it builds up the content so you don't cancel... Yeah. And wait for, well, I'm just going to wait for the next season of Lucifer. Yeah, or Stranger Things. Or, or whatever, whatever it is, yeah. you know, whatever show. Um, <laughs> so they've realized, you know, I was like, crap, you know, we can't go this long. So evidently they're pushing up. They are pushing up yep. dates for the shows I they have it. coming out. I knew it was Not a surprise, happen. right? Yeah. Not a surprise. I, I was surprised that they didn't have more going in, that they didn't realize I know. That was a problem. I, I understand y'all have thousands of hours of whatever from your stuff. Which is fine. Which is fine, but uh, most new. people are ti- are going to get tired of a thousand hours right. of the same thing. Yeah. Practically. Right. You know, every yeah, every time. I mean, if Absolutely. You have, if you have kids, then sure, you know, oh. they've probably never seen uh, the classic Disney Channel shows. But I will remove parents with small children. Obviously, yes, yes they're going to keep Disney Plus. Oh, sure. Because, because of all the... Yeah. The children content right. and the old content. I get it. But if but Disney for, has learned one thing. It's that there are other people that have money. Right. So, so for people like you and me, yeah. Stephen, mm-hmm. you know, we want new content. Right. If we, we want to keep getting my money every month. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what they've announced is the Falcon and Winter Soldier show is now going to come out in August. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian is coming back in October. Right. WandaVision is coming out in December. Right. Okay. Uh, so this is pushing them up the slate. WandaVision was originally scheduled to come out in 2021. Yep. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier originally scheduled to come out in the fall of 2020. So mm-hmm. they are pushing up these shows and it, just trying to get, realizing that crap, we're getting more. Subs- it's a good thing. The subscribers getting the service is getting more subscribers than you expected. Mm-hmm. That's a plus. Yeah. Mandalorian did far better. Oh my god, mm-hmm. huge success. These are all pluses. But then they realized crap. We got to keep these people. Mm-hmm. So he also announced that not only are they moving up schedules, mm-hmm. but they are also going to be giving even more shows. So Iger announced that they have, the, in addition to the three Disney Plus shows already in production, Loki, mm-hmm. WandaVision, Falcon, and Winter Soldier, right? Mm-hmm. That there are over double that number in development. Iger said there are seven other Marvel series in various stages of development or pre-production. He didn't specify which they were. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he might be referring to ones that had been mentioned before. Uh, She-Hulk, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. Moon Knight, and Hellstrom. Right. Okay. There's uh, supposedly a show out there that ABC wants Kevin Feige to develop. I don't know if that's this, you know, one of the shows. It's hard to say, but no doubt, it it appears, Stephen, that Disney and Iger have realized we need to fast-track new content. Yeah. Oh, they don't just have to do that for one. They have to do that for two services because they have Hulu as well. Right. Exactly. Which they they were lucky they got some pretty much already bought-in shows from that. Yeah. That they could keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, kind of, you know, sometimes running <laughs> running the board kind of takes a lot of work. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, 
They also announced that the Miss Marvel show coming mm-hmm. for Disney Plus, that it's going to it's going to shoot between July 2020 and um, it's going to end by July 2020. I'm sorry, the shooting, mm-hmm. which would make her available for the Captain Marvel two movie. Hmm. So it's a there's it's a rumor that you, they'll they'll push out her Disney Plus TV show first and then throw her over into the movie. Do you like this idea? This pattern of possibly tying the movies into the Disney Plus TV shows. Um, well, I will say the first thing I I I if isn't I hear that makes me nervous is oh we're gonna push it out, right? Just push it out right well yeah you worry about the quality of the content at that point sure yeah sure um but beyond that um they are i think depending on how they do it if they still treat like her coming in as oh this is a new character right this is her this is a brief overview of her backstory like you know like some lines that you know people who watch the show might recognize but Mm -hmm. treat it like it's a new thing then it could work i think just assuming that everybody is going to watch your show especially in markets that don't have disney plus right yep i think that's a uh a a very uh stupid move Mm mm-hmm and I would like to think they would avoid that, but I also like to think they would have started the streaming service with content ready to go. Yes. So I'm hoping they won't make that mistake. Yeah, I don't really like the idea of, of forcing viewers to have to watch Disney Plus TV shows in order to understand the movies. I think it's a yeah. bad idea. I think you should kind of do like they did with The Mandalorian. Just mm-hmm. keep it separate. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. The universe is big enough to support mm-hmm. TV shows and they're doing their own thing and the movies doing their own thing. You don't have to have it. Yeah, and they have to realize at some point people only have so many hours in yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to commit my entire life to having to keep track of all the stories. Yeah, so this will th- This could be the... Okay, where people say, "Okay, we're kind of done because you're shoveling this stuff into our face." Well, it becomes watching a Marvel Studios movie becomes more of a homework assignment than a fun experience, Mm -hmm. and it can also become impenetrable to newer viewers or to viewers who don't watch everything. That's just a bad idea, I think. Yeah. All right. I would say so. (laughs) Other little bit of news from Disney Plus: Stephen Lilo and Stitch live action remake that's uh, set to come out has been confirmed. It's going to be for Disney Plus. Will not be a theatrical release. It'll be a Disney Plus release. And Stephen. I think this is where all these live-action remakes should go. Yeah. I have zero problem, Stephen, with doing the live-action remakes if it's for Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's a smart idea. That's creating new content for your streaming service, and it's new content about very popular IP. Yeah. So I actually like And maybe it'll yeah. get kids who were, you know, like, they didn't grow up with Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. You know, like, kids right now, six-year-olds yeah. in 2020. To see the live action movie and go, huh? I'm gonna go watch the old animated movie, and then yeah. I'm gonna watch the animated TV show from the you know whatever it was. Yeah, 90s. say it calls attention to something that's right. already on there. They may not have noticed. Before. Yeah. yeah. So I think live action remakes brilliant idea for Disney Plus. Yeah. That I do like. Theatrical releases, not so excited about. No. But that's just me. That's just me. It's 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 just because it's such a cheap ploy I mean, right. let's be honest right. <laughs> right what i am excited about disney plus they've announced that do you do you ever see in the news the japanese anime series marvel future avengers did you ever see in the news mm-hmm. about that oh yeah. my god steven it looked so damn cool <laughs> it's uh just oh serious 
Siri's got a mind of her own, Steve, and she's, she's speaking to me. As well. I'm a little scared right now. <laughs> Anyhow, Marvel Future Adventures is produced by Walt Disney Japan and Madhouse. Okay, is distributed back in Japan in the summer of 2017. It revolves, the series revolves around a young boy named Mikado who gains superpowers as a result of gene manipulation experiment conducted by Hydra. Uh-huh. Teams up with the Avengers, wackiness ensues. Hmm. I love anime. Yeah. I love real anime, as in <laughs> anime made in Japan. Right. I don't like anime made in America because that's not anime. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Sorry, I, I, I know I've, some people like certain America. That's great if you like some of the air quote anime made in America, then great for you. I no thank you. I like Japanese because I like their culture. Right. It's different than our culture. They focus on things we don't focus on. Mm-hmm. They use story themes that we don't use. I also like Japanese anime because they're not obsessed with um how do you put it delicately? Um social political themes like we are yeah. currently. It's it's hard to watch something in America now made by Americans that isn't all about social Yeah political justice thingies. Japanese don't really have that. Yeah. They deal with different themes. And it, some some get harder to get into, obviously, because it's a different culture. Right. But still, I, I like that this cartoon, Stephen, is it's just straight up action. Mm-hmm. Th- th- there is no message here. <laughs> There's no message here. And you can tell it wasn't done by Disney because uh, the main character is a, is a boy. That would have right. been a white girl. <laughs> That's what Disney does. <laughs> but I'm excited. It, it, it just looks super awesome, Stephen. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be a fun a fun series. Um, all right, my friend. Outside of... Outs- oh, wait. One last thing. Oh, one. <laughs> Disney Plus. Yes. Also, the Loki show. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson. Wow. Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Uh, how about that, Stephen? I would not have clocked that casting for Loki. Um, Owen Wilson. Well, we, is, I love Owen Wilson. Get me wrong, I love oh, him. He's a sure. great actor, but I just wouldn't have. I just wouldn't have paired Owen Wilson with Loki. Well, we don't know what he's doing just true. yet. So very true. I'm excited by that casting. I'm intrigued. Uh, it's definitely I'm, intriguing for I'm, sure. And Hiddleston's awesome. So you, I'm gonna like the show anyway because Hiddleston is just he's my right, man. Right. That's my boo <laughs> right there, Stephen. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need a private moment now. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so anyhow, moving outside of the world of Disney, Stephen, Fast and the Furious, F uh, number nine mm-hmm. coming out soon. That's right. Vin Diesel's confirmed that you will get a Fast and the Furious female spinoff. Of course, kind of figured that was going to happen. Well, okay. It's very popular right well, now. I mean, they're the, they're the that's the franchise that they you know having a like they have a very diverse yep. cast and yep. it still makes like buku money stupid money <laughs> yeah well that's because it's well it's just not it's not about that it's not, it's not hi i am a insert minority here and you're an insert minority here and we are in a movie together it's yeah. like it's just these characters who live in the same universe and know each other and yeah do absurd things fast Furious is a good template on how you want to do yes. a diverse uh story a story yeah. with diverse characters but still make it fun, exciting, interesting yes. for everybody involved. It's not. It's not. It's not about the issues. It's about Vin Diesel driving Bingo. off a, a a bridge, having a thing attached to his car, and then yes. swinging around. Yes, because you're just like, you know, why not? Let's right. just let's do it. Yes, I I, I adore the Fast and the Furious franchise. Stephen might, yeah. ooh, it might be. It might be my all-time favorite franchise. Oh, it's very close. It, it, James Bond's still probably my all-time favorite, but Fast yeah. and the Furious is it's modern franchise. It, it, it's yeah, it's very arguable. That's my favorite. I mean, I, yeah, I think of all the modern franchises, I think Fast yeah. and the Furious might be my favorite. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, it's, it's just so fun. It is. And Han's coming back, baby. That's right. Mm-hmm. Justice is Tokyo coming. Drift finally getting the justice it deserves, Steven. It's about time that they acknowledge Tokyo Drift, damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Um, the right. Mission Impossible 2 of the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise. Um, speaking of Fast and Furious, yes. Michelle Rodriguez, Steven, mm-hmm. she wants to play a superhero, specifically DC's Catwoman. And to that I say, new. New. No gracias. No me gusta. <laughs> that was what I say to that, Stephen. No, Aww. I don't like that casting. Don't like it. Don't like it at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> and I also saw here, Stephen, interestingly enough, before we leave the world of movies and streaming services, mm-hmm. be- as if the field isn't already crowded enough, Viacom CBS is getting their own streaming service that will combine CBS All Access, mm-hmm. Viacom, and Paramount content. Yep. We it's are only in a matter we are, of time. We are we, the streaming wars are in full force, aren't yep. they? This is some interesting times, Stephen. Mm-hmm. It is interesting times to see how all this shakes out. Yep, it is fascinating. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's and, and speaking of that, HBO Max, mm-hmm. the other new streaming service, right? Yep, it's getting its own dedicated movie production arm. What? Mm-hmm. What? Warner Media has launched a new film production arm titled Warner Max. And it will produce original films for the upcoming HBO Max streaming. I hate these names, by the way. <laughs> these names suck. These are horrible names. Anyhow. I honestly, I think all of them are pretty bad. Oh, they're all terrible. <laughs> they're all terrible. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan of these names. Disney Plus, ESPN Plus. It's like I it just. It sounds like a like a supplement or something. It does. Pill. It does. <laughs> um, evidently, Warner Max is yes. expected to produce eight to ten mid-budget films per year, mm-hmm. exclusively for HBO Max, not for theatrical release. Yep. Stephen, what really interests me in this. You and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I think we, we, we bemoan the fact. I think you and I both are big fans of the mid-budget movie. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, if you exclude Star Wars from the equation, mm-hmm. all of my favorite movies were mid-budget movies. Yeah. Okay? They mm-hmm. were. And I think that's where you see the most um, creativity. Yep. Uh, my favorite director of all time, David Lynch is for certain his movies are mid-budget movies. Oh, yeah. uh, they're they're right in that sweet spot. You know, mm-hmm. enough of a budget to make it look good. Yeah, but still cheap. You yes. know, <laughs> um, uh, economical. That's right. Sorry, not cheap. Economical. <laughs> and so I think you know we bemoan the fact that the mid-budget movie is is just it's it's a dinosaur. It doesn't exist anymore in the theater. No, it just doesn't. The theaters become the the area where you only get big-budget movies now. Big Pretty budget blockbuster much, yeah. movies for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think in, in I think the mid-budget movie, Stephen, I think the streaming services are going to be the home for the mid-budget movie. Yeah, you know, I agree, and I, I'm glad at least they'll still be made. Yeah, same. And they could, um, I mean, they could if they're if any of these movies are movies they want to push for like Oscar contention, they might come to the theaters, right? But like what Netflix does, right? But well, I mean. Disney wants to buy some theaters, and yep. Netflix wants to buy some theaters. Yeah. Maybe Warner will have their own theaters. So yeah. We can show these. Who knows? Right. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Yeah. All right. Now, Stephen, <laughs> let's go over to the comics, shall we? 
There is some interesting comic news. You and I, let's talk about Marvel first. Okay. You and I were talking about how, oh my God, Marvel is just going to overwhelm us with X titles. Yep. X-Men titles here, there, and everywhere, right? Well, mm. it's not stopping, my friend. I knew it. It's not stopping, no. my friend. We are going to get, in March, cable number one. Hey. What do you think about that? Cable number one, Steven. Uh, the guy running the movies is running the comics now, and he's still <sighs> shoveling out crap. It's going to be Jerry Duggan and Phil Noto. That'll be the creative team. Great. What might get you interested, though, even though it's Jerry Duggan. I, don't, I know you're not a fan of Jerry I, Duggan. I don't. Not right now. No, I'm You're not. not a fan of him in general, but you will. maybe this will get you excited. This is what Jerry Duggan says about the character Cable. He says, quote, I love experienced heroes. <clears throat> well, this one is, is, is not the old yeah, one. This the is the young cable. one. Yeah. He goes, I love experienced heroes, and typically Cable has been sort of a gruff field general and soldier, a Clint Eastwood type. Mm-hmm. He's not that guy right now. But that means we can have a lot of other fun. Mm. See, that's why, Stephen, you need to stick with the old cable. Yeah. <laughs> right? Are you excited? Cable? Are you going to be all over that? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could only get me interested if you brought back the old school Clint Eastwood style older cable. Then I might be interested. Yeah. Well, even, even <sighs> then it'll be like, wow, you're really... Just- I know. There was, why do we need another X-Men title? We don't. But you are getting another one. Are you ready? You are also (laughs) getting, Stephen, Hellions number one. What? Yes! Hellions! You remember the Hellions? Oh, blast from the past. Yeah, baby. This is going to be brought to you, uh, the words by Zeb Wells, the art by Mm. Steven Segovia. That's a good creative team. Yeah, I was going to say, they could do a lot worse than that. And, oh, Stephen. Making me happy. This is Marvel. You know, sometimes you look at comics coming out and you're like, who is Marvel targeting with that? Yeah. I know they're not targeting me. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of titles I look at, and like, they're not targeting me. Well, right. this one, Steven, this one, they are targeting me. <laughs> they, <laughs> the promo shot for this title. She's back. The Goblin Queen, Madeline Pryor, in all her, Steven, Black Queen glory. Mm-hmm. Yes, sign me up. <laughs> Steven Segovia drawing the Goblin Queen. Mm-hmm. You will get Rock's money 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> I don't care if this is the 20th X-Men title or not on the market. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I believe in honesty, Steven. Oh, uh, hey, that's... <laughs> uh, they say it's the best policy. <laughs> yes, I will never lie to people. <laughs> um, and because that's not enough, Steven... Marvel's also going to roll out Juggernaut in his new solo series. Yes, the character that demands this that one we won't see be, his adventures. This one won't be an ongoing. It'll be a five-issue miniseries. Oh, oh, <laughs> I know you're crushed that's not an ongoing, but wait till you hear the creative team, Stephen. Oh, no. The art by Ron Garney. Haven't seen him in a while. The words, Fabian Nicieza. The 90s all over again. I didn't know he was still around, Stephen. Oh, that's um oh, that's a deep cut, right? That, there. Is, that is a deep cut, isn't it? Cuts right to the bone. Ow. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the promo for it is ready or not N-A-U-T. Here he comes. Okay. Juggernaut number one by Fabian Nicesia. 
Uh, also, Stephen, Marvel is going to give us Are You Ready? Again, because we haven't got enough of this. Yes. A new Gwen Stacy title. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. This one. <laughs> On fa- <laughs> uh, this month, Stephen, Gwen Stacy number one brought to us the words by Christos Gage and the art by Todd Nock. We'll present a look at Gwen Stacy's life before she met Spider-Man. Is Christos Gage, like, <laughs> desperate for money or something? I guess so. Oh, my God. I, I don't know how big the audience is or the demand is for a comic book um, centering on a regular high school girl uh, that has nothing to do with superheroes at all. I don't know. Don't know. Romance comics uh, were big back in the 50s, Stephen. Yep. Maybe uh, this is a thing. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> what do you think, Stephen? Success? They have a hit on their hands? Uh, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Marvel's also, Stephen, relaunching Power Pack and New Warriors. Mm. <laughs> well, if you, if you had called me like four years ago with that, then I probably would have been excited. But. So uh, Power Pack will yes. be in a new five-issue miniseries mm-hmm. brought to us by Ryan North mm-hmm. doing the words and Nico Leon doing the art. Right. What do you think? Excited? Um, I mean, I, I really enjoy Power Pack. I think they are very, I mean, they're fun. They're exciting. Well, when they're done right, they're exciting. Yes. And um, it could be done great. I, 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 I fear what intentions they have for them because I, every right. time they're bringing back something, I'm like, all right, what are you, what are you trying to shove at me this time? Yeah. Uh, New Warrior Steven is yes. going to be written by Daniel Kibblesmith. I got nothing for you on that one. And artist Luciano Vecchio. Mm-hmm. And it's going to star, uh, I guess, the, you know, the same characters that we had before. You know, I, 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 I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Stephen. Uh, these tiles didn't do well the first time around. And no. New Warriors definitely flamed out. <laughs> so I guess they're going to give it, it. It's like Marvel. I give Marvel credit. They they will. Boy, they will relaunch and relaunch and relaunch and relaunch a failed idea over and over and over again. Yeah. I admire the um, stick-to-itiveness. Yeah, because why actually make something new and interesting <laughs> when you can just keep... Now, look, I mean, back in, like, the 90s, yep. like, the new Warriors were, were kind of cool. Yes. They were cool. And, and... That's not what we're getting now, though. No. Not at all. Yeah, because they blew those ones up. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think I'll be surprised if these titles uh, uh, do very well. Oh, uh, they won't. We know, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> but all is not lost, even. All is not lost, my friend, because Marvel is rolling out a comic that you are going to want to buy. Yeah, what is that? 
they have teased. Mm-hmm. They released a, a, a teaser photo. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of details about it, Stephen. Sure. Of course not. Announcing, quote, their most ambitious series ever, end quote, mm-hmm. brought to us the words by Kurt Busiek. Hmm. Well, they just they don't tell you the words. They say creators, Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross, oh. along with artist Yildre Sinar, who is supremely mm. talented, uh, was the artist for Legion of Superheroes yeah. uh, for a while there. Fantastic artist. <laughs> Love me some Yildre. Uh, Busiek, Ross, yeah. Yildre Sinar, what, that alone, that alone, Stephen, yeah. you got my attention. The teaser photo, the uh, teaser picture they dropped mm-hmm. along with the creative team uh, shows us Arcus, the original Golden Age Vision, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Human Torch, right. Punisher, mm-hmm. Storm, Iron Man, Arrow, and an unidentified character in a black and yellow costume with hawk wings. Yeah. I don't know who that is. That's a new character. I don't know, Stephen. That, uh, that uh, wow. Mm-hmm. That, and, and that Human Torch, I think that's the Golden Age Human Torch, Stephen. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, it looks like the... That looks the, like the Golden the Age OG Human Torch, doesn't it? Torch. Yep. That's, that's not Johnny. That's no, not Johnny Storm. I don't think so. That's Black Cat back there, isn't it? That Black Cat back there? Um, that's Storm. Yeah. Wait. Wait, no, that's Black Cat. Yeah, that's the Black Cat. Yeah, that's Black Cat. That's Black Cat. Yep. Yeah, that's Black Cat. <laughs> um, so, what do you think? Not much information, of course. Right. We know the characters, and we know the creative team. What do you think? Um, it's a, I mean, it looks promising so far. Um, but, once again, with the relatively few details, you know, I, will, I hope that they're not wasting their time. That's 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 a good creative team. Yes, it and, is. and it very much interesting so. cast of characters. Yeah, an unusual mix. Yeah, an unusual mix. I will say, I don't know. I, 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 mean, I color me intrigued. Sure, at this point, yeah. very intrigued. Of course. All right, uh, from DC, Stephen. Mm-hmm. DC's announced the upcoming Strange Adventures twelve issue maxi series mm-hmm. by Tom King and. Uh, uh, um, who else? Tom King, uh, Mitch Garads, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Evan Shaner, and Clayton Cowles. Right. And it's going to be part of the new Black Label Mature Reader imprint. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that idea, Stephen? Um, well, I mean, at least it's uh, it's kind of outside the... Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not going to be like, you know, if, if it's bad, it's not going to ruin Adam right. Strange for everybody. Right. Agreed. Um, but... I mean, I'll I'll check it out. I'll give it a shot. I think um, I think limiting him to twelve is good because it's beginning, a middle, and an end. Just yes, know, have that. Yes, going on, going on and on and on and on has Agreed. not been a strength. Right. So yeah, I hope that I hope that it's good. I I like Adam Strange. I don't see a lot of him anymore. Nope. Um, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'll I'll be in, I'll be intrigued to see what they do with it. Me too. For I, sure. I think Adam Strange is a good property mm-hmm. for these writers 
because he's little used, mm-hmm. but he's very funky and offbeat. Right. So I think it's the right property for this creative team. Mm-hmm. I think that Tom King should be exclusively on Black Label and sure. not be on the mainstream DCU. I think Black Label is where he belongs. It fits his style of writing. Mm-hmm. And I think he greatly benefits from being on a defined series with a defined amount of issues. Right. Very good, rather mm-hmm. than just an ongoing monthly. So I think this is the best use of Tom King. I think mm-hmm. this is where he should be. I think this is where he will do well, and it won't mess with DC's continuity. Right. You can ignore it if you want to, mm-hmm. but it plays well to his talents. Strengths, yes. You know, so what, I like it. That's what a company is supposed to yep. do. You I put like writers it. with things that are good for them. Yes, yes. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, also... Speaking of Tom King, Stephen, I just mm-hmm. want to touch on this real fast because you, you and I talked about this before. Sure. Uh, you know, Tom King has come out. You know, I, I think the death of Alfred has not been universally praised. No. And <laughs> uh, I, I for certainly would, I would be one of the people who thought that was not how you handle the character with the pedigree of Alfred. It's mm-hmm. just, I thought, a bit of a, it was a disrespectful handling of the character. Yeah, it's one of those where you kind of wonder, okay, whose whose idea was that? Well, Tom King's like, look, I'm tired of people slagging on me. Mm-hmm. So he came out and said, hey, I didn't want to kill him. DC Editorial told me to. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And you know what? I don't blame King because DC Editorial often sets up these writers yep. to take the fall on bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And you know what? These writers should out Editorial. There's no reason why these writers need to take the fall for editorial's bad decisions. Yeah. What are they going to do? Fire them? Exactly. And make them look even worse? Yeah, right, on. exactly. So I'm glad he did it. Now he, he waited till he got off the title. Oh, of course. <laughs> you, you, know, you don't want to mess with that meal ticket, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he, 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 he didn't want to do it. He, he stated to DC, he's like, look, he's Alfred. He has to live forever because he's a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Uh, his plan was to make it look like uh, he's going to have a cliffhanger where Alfred at the end was going to look like he died, right? right. Kind of, And then you find out later that he's not dead. And then yeah. DC's editorial is like, no, why isn't he dead? And, he, and King's like, because he's a great character. He has to live forever. It's, it's Alfred. He's fantastic. Right. And DC's like, nope, he's dead. So, you know, I... I go back to Stephen. DC's biggest problem are its editors mm-hmm. because they're idiots. Yeah, DC has benefited from some truly amazing writing talent oh, yeah. over the years. Mm-hmm. Truly amazing writing talent. Yeah, they have uh, they have locked up far superior writing talent over the past five years than Marvel could have ever hoped for. Yep. If Marvel wasn't lucky enough to re- retain Hickman over the past five years, they'd have been screwed. Yep. DC had all the writing talent over the past five years. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. And don't think they're not talking to Hickman right now about, like, hey, when you're done, yeah. why don't you uh, right. come over here and maybe write that Teen Titans title you wanted. Legion or of Superheroes. Of superheroes. <laughs> yeah. But DC's editorial, they're morons. Yeah. They're absolute morons. Yeah. They they really need to get out of the way mm-hmm. of their writers. Yeah. The um And they just don't do it. And it starts with Dan Didio. Yeah. He is notorious for that for the Steven. He has been notorious for this all the way back to Infinite Crisis. Yep. This is this is nothing new. Nothing new. 
Absolutely not. And it all starts at the top of every organization, Stephen. If you have a bad organization, that's mm-hmm. you, you go to the top because yeah. it, it, it filters down from there. It just does mm-hmm. with any organization in any area of business. Yeah. You look at the top, and it starts with Dan Didio at DC. Yeah. He sets the tone. He sets the direction, mm-hmm. and these idiot DC editors that work underneath him see how he operates, <laughs> and they take their cue from that. They just need to let the writers write. Yeah, it's funny how Marvel and DC are reflective of um, of a problem, but it's the opposite problem, where DCs are very in the way. Hey, you need to do this. Yes. The, we think this is a good idea. I don't care what you think. You need to do this. And Marvel's editors are just like... Two hands off. Whatever. Yes. Or Tom Brevard's been collecting a check for the past decade. Doing nothing. Doesn't care. Right. Hey, fine. Cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, you, you know, really, somebody needs to tighten up. At, well, okay, DC needs to lighten up. Marvel needs to tighten up. Yes. Like maybe if we put them together, we would have a decent editorial I know, right? staff. Exactly. Sheesh. <laughs> uh, also news, Stephen. Kind of keep with the Batman theme here, shall we? Yeah. Batman number 89, my friend, James Tinian, mm-hmm. is going to release mm-hmm. the debut of Punchline. Hmm. Yes, she will be the Joker's replacement for Harley Quinn. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and let me tell you what, she looks fantastic. Yeah. Great character design. <laughs> Great character design. And honestly, Harley Quinn um, is not what she used to be. No. And I think DC is sorely lacking because of that. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn was really cool. And, she, and she's fine for what she is now. She's just something, she's morphed into something entirely different. Yeah. Entirely different. DC needs a character to fill the role that Harley Quinn used to fill. Yeah. I'm super excited about Punchline. Yeah. I think she's going to scratch that itch that has been missing since Harley Quinn has just, just become something utterly completely different. Sure. Yeah. I think it's a great move. I do too. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, Steven, also from DC, mm-hmm. we got a little information on Scott Snyder's um, final conclusion to his superhero work yeah. of the past know. 10 years in DC. Yeah, we got uh, his big event. He's going to team up with Greg Capullo. Mm-hmm. And we don't know much about it, Stephen. No, we do not. <laughs> I mean, they, they, are, they are keeping us in the dark. Yes. I think it's called Mayhem. Is that what it's called? Uh, Something like that? I don't even know if they have a title. Maybe yet. they don't have a title yet. But yeah. the only thing we get is a teaser picture of a chainsaw-wielding <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> and the, 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 the cord to start the chainsaw is the golden lasso. Yeah. There you go. So she's a very Dark Knight's metal-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, Stephen. I'm super excited to see. Uh, Scott Snyder's done so much with DC. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I thought metal was phenomenal. Yep. Phenomenal. I thought Justice League No Justice was amazing. I thought his Justice League was incredible. So uh, his 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 the Batman Who Laughs was fantastic. Yep. I, I am all in. On this. Yeah. All in on this. I think we are in store for an absolute blast. Me too. All you had to say was a creative team. Yep. Yeah. I'm in. I'm super excited. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm not as excited about, yeah, Stephen, but oh, I am Jesus. a little concerned about, my friend, the last bit of news from DC, Stephen. Mm-hmm. 
Generation Zero. Oh, DC released the cover to Generation Zero, number one. Mm. This is going to be the new big event. Right. Okay. On the cover, Stephen, mm-hmm. you've got Wally West, but he has been infused with Dr. Manhattan's powers. His costume is blue like Dr. Manhattan. He has Dr. Manhattan's logo on his forehead. Right. So it's an, um, some, somehow Wally West with Dr. Manhattan. Included are a bunch of multiple Earths. Mm-hmm. You've got the Batman who laughs in the yeah. upper left corner. In the upper right corner, you have the Perez, the Marv Wolfman, George Perez Teen Titans from the 1980s. Yep. Right. Okay. Like that. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> to the middle left, you see a bunch of versions of Superman over the years, mm-hmm. going all the way back to the original Superman, Cal L. That's dash capital L. Yeah. No E-L. He's, he's the original Golden Age Superman, mm-hmm. who you never see. Yeah. To the middle <laughs> right is Batman and Robin. Judging by their outfits, that's the 1980s Batman and Robin, and that would make that Jason Todd Robin, not Dick Grayson. Or Tim Drake. Or Tim Drake. Could be Tim Drake. Well, okay. I'm going to go Jason 80s. Todd. probably Jason Todd. I'm going Jason Todd in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, the bottom is the new 52 yes. Justice League. Mm-hmm. So those are the teasers. So obviously this big event, Stephen, is going to reach from the Golden Age, based on Golden Age Superman being visible, mm-hmm. to the 80s, all right? Yep. When, uh, to the new there 52, yep. and then to, to the metal the... big event, since the Batman Laughs is in it, mm-hmm. and to the, uh, the pre-crisis the pre-original crisis, uh, Marv Wolfman, George Perez, early 80s Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Yep. So it, it, we're, we're going to be stretching from all f- corners of the DCU, their entire continuity. Uh, my problem with this, Stephen, my concern is DC. DC is like a, an, an, a patient at a mental asylum <laughs> who keeps clawing at a scab and reopening yeah. it. And getting it reinfected and getting worse and worse and worse, incessantly picking at the scab. Mm-hmm. Or someone who is a cutter who incessantly cuts themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is becoming obsessive. It is becoming, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's downright unhealthy the way DC is constantly rebooting mm-hmm. their continuity. It is too much. It has become too much. Mm-hmm. You had you had the uh, first time it happened is it was when they created the Silver Age heroes, mm-hmm. right? They, they left the Golden Age heroes behind and created right. the Silver Age heroes. The second time it happened was the Christ of Infinite Earths mm-hmm. in 86. Right. And then, Stephen, after that, it just started coming fast and furious. They just kept blowing up and re-blowing up their continuity at a ferocious pace. Mm-hmm. Infinite Crisis, 52, um, Flashpoint, mm-hmm. Convergence, yeah. Rebirth. Mm-hmm. It's, it is... Oh, before, oh, I'm sorry, before that... Whoa, hold on. You had, Christ, you had Silver Age and then Christ... That's, that's a big gap. But right. Christ and Infinite Earths in 86. Mm-hmm. Then you had um, Infinite Crisis... 
mm-hmm. that blew up the continuity again. New 52. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, 52, the actual series 52. <laughs> 52 blew it up again, right? right? You've got Final Crisis mm-hmm. blowing it up. Yeah. You've got, and then you started getting, you know, with Flashpoint, mm-hmm. Convergence, Rebirth. It's just, it's, and now this. Yeah. And it's all happening in such a short amount of time. Steven, I mm-hmm. mean, just, it's only been, you know, like from Final Crisis to now, it's like eight years. It's, 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 too much. It's too much to be doing this so often. Yeah. It's making their comics impenetrable to new readers. And it's this obsessive picking at their continuity makes the company look schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. It makes editorial look schizophrenic. It makes DC look like a company that does not have confidence in who they are. They don't have a plan. They're not run by professionals. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel makes soft retcons. Mm-hmm. Marvel has never blown up their continuity like DC has. Yeah, I would say they, they almost did. But almost they did. found a way to bring it back. That's with, right. Um, the Heroes Reborn right. and whatnot. Right. <laughs> so it, 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 what do you think? Don't you think DC needs to just pick a continuity <laughs> and just stick with it? Just stick with it. Make some soft changes when you need to, but stick with it. I don't know, Stephen. I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> And I'm worried. Yeah, it's um, it's not ideal, for sure. I would hope that this, like, if this was like this, is, they announced this, this is the final, the final word on the DC continuity. I'd be like, okay, well, there's still some lingering questions, I guess, that they could answer. But mm-hmm. and then just have a, you know, this is it. This is what happened. Like mm-hmm. as a backup, something like the the history of the DC universe, like the actual official, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But knowing who they are, I'd know it probably would not last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know, Stephen. A little worried. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news we're going to tackle. Mm-hmm. I just threw this on because it's an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. You know, Devil's Due yes. has dipped their toe into politics before. <laughs> have they not? Yes, they have. Yeah, they, they have. In, in 2019, <laughs> they published the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the Freshman Force New Party Who Dis. And they published, I believe, a um, Talk Bernie to Me, the Bernie Sanders special, right? Um, so they've got a, a, a history of doing this. I believe they didn't. Didn't they do an Obama one at one time? Maybe I'm mistaken on that. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I know. I know. Marvel was rushing. Oh, to put Obama Marvel did. Yeah, that's right. While, that's right. So. so, Devil's Due Stephen has decided to come out with a new imprint altogether, Ballot Box Comics. Oh my god! It is an entire imprint dedicated to progressive politics and social movements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, here's uh, what do you think of that idea? It's their company. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's uh, well, certainly propaganda, and comics have a long history of propaganda, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Oh, yeah. They have a very long history of propaganda mm-hmm. in comics. Uh, but I saw this, and I was like, interesting. It, it, I don't really care what Devil's Due does. It doesn't. I mean, whatever they can make is whatever imprints they want, doing whatever they want. Who cares? Uh-huh. It's, it's a free market. If you, you got, if you got the if you have the the uh, the clients for it, go for it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, if you if you if you have consumers that want to be served, go for it. Right. This is what 
talking point I wanted to bounce on you about this. Mm-hmm. I, I do think comics have a, in general, have a diversity problem. And it's not one of ethnicity or gender. It's one of politics and social views. Mm-hmm. To there, I can't think of any, you know, well-known moderate or libertarian or right-wing or anything other than left-wing writers working for Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any. And now you have a, an entire imprint coming out to push one side, mm-hmm. a particularly left-wing agenda. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid comics are beginning to get a reputation of being made for, made by only a certain kind of person and made for only a certain kind of person. In an age where we're seeing the sales market continuing to be soft Mm -hmm. and not post anywhere near the numbers it used to back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, Mm -hmm. is that a good idea when your job is ostensibly is a for-profit company, right? Mm -hmm. Your job is to make as much money as possible sell as many comics as possible, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you want to market them to everyone? Do you see this as a potential problem? Well, for Devil's Due, I mean, what did they actually even have? (laughs) For them, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, for them, it's... But does this move help further this belief that comics has become by and for only a particular group of people? Hmm. Well, I mean, it depends on 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 the situation because most most of the people I think in the population are just not aware mm-hmm. of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, which I I, I envy them, <laughs> envy them greatly. <laughs> um, but as far as the people who have the money to spend yes. on comic books, I yes. think that the perception is not is not good. I think enough. Books from both from the the big two at least right right are um, neutral enough that mm-hmm. they they will continue to get the money. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think um, I think Image does a decent job of staying out of mostly political stuff. Like they have different types of stories, sure, sure, and a different perspective. But yeah. I've I've never really felt preached at by them before. Right. It's just people trying to tell a story that they want right. to tell. Um, um, which I mean, maybe out of the indie publishers, that's probably why they're the most popular. Popular, sure. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think the perception is definitely not a good one for obvious business reasons, right? And it also just shows a willingness to. Well, this is this is my biggest problem with anything involving companies and politics today is that companies will go where the wind goes. Yes. If, if the tide turns and suddenly we get um, Reagan era conservatism again, they mm-hmm. will fall back and say, all right, well, look, now we're all about, yes. you know, smaller government and <laughs> things like that right. and blah, blah, right. blah. Right. Um, so it, it comes off as incredibly fake. Yeah. Um, a company that doesn't have any real convictions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, um, and to talk about not a good look, is you know being able to look back and say, well, you used to think that, and then you suddenly become <laughs> this changed. with no, you know, in between. That's that's ultimately my biggest thing. I think a lot of people 
well, <laughs> I want to say a lot of people don't like phonies, but then, you know, look, right. who's, look who's leading us right yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to say. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's so, like when it comes down to people's money, yeah. I think that's different. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you're just pandering at this point. Right. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to people trying to get their money, they don't mm. like to be pandered to. No, I'd agree. So, I don't know. It's I don't think it's a good move. I think trying to stay in the in the center of everything to just, you know, reach out and <laughs> grab as many people's bills as you can. Right. That's how you make the most money in it's, general. Yes. <laughs> so I do, do you think that Marvel and DC uh, would do well to hire a more diverse set of writers from political and social viewpoints or not? Uh, I think they would be wise to hire people who don't talk about politics. Interesting. So you just go the purely agnostic route, mm-hmm. just go agnostic and try to appeal as to a large, a swath of readership as possible yes. with a focus on entertainment mm-hmm. and escapism. Yeah. Every, I mean, everybody is political in a way, right. but it's about right. how much of it transfers to what you put out. Right. That matters. I don't, I mean, I, I, I have the assumption that, like, uh, Scott Snyder, he's probably a little more liberal. Yes. But I don't I wouldn't know that by reading his work. Correct. I would just know that he is a good writer. Right. Right. That's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I can't look, say the same thing about Dan Slott. Yes, that would be true. <laughs> um, that would be a fair point. For comparison's sake. Correct. Yes. And I mean, it's not to say that somebody who's who's more political in their writing can't put out something that's really good, or Correct. that somebody who's agnostic politically can put out something bad. Of course, it you know, and sometimes I mean, especially at Marvel, you know, they they have a history of you know taking a stand on certain issues, sure, and whatnot. And of course, back in the day when it was a big money thing, and there yeah. were people who were mad about that, that was something yes more courageous to do. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it just screams because it's in vogue. Yes, as um, as my my favorite analogy, it's a bunch of old white men. Yes, trying to say what a massive, you know, potentially diverse market wants, mm-hmm. and it just screams of well, money grabbing. Yes, sure, and pandering. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. I'm not for it. Yep. I, I, I would agree with you too. Yeah. I think uh, you, you remain agnostic and uh, try to get as much money as possible. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my approach. It's what makes sense. <laughs> All right, my friend. <laughs> All right. Well, that's some good, a uh, good bit of news there, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a busy week. Oh yeah. Busy week. Absolutely. Hi, <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, next podcast, we'll tackle some comics. All right. Some actual comics. And boy, were there some interesting ones this week, weren't there? Yeah, there were. Ooh, one in particular I need to apologize for making you have read, too. Mm, boy. Mm. We'll get to that later. Next podcast. Yeah. Uh, all right, my friend. Until next time, viva la revolucion.